Welcome to the Center for Christian Spirituality podcast. What follows is an audio recording of the weekly contemplative worship service at Chapelwood United Methodist Church in Houston, Texas. For the next 40 minutes, you are invited to engage and rest with scripture, music, prayer, silence, and brief meditations. Our hope is that you will allow wherever you are right now to be a sacred space for you, perhaps by resting in a favorite chair or lighting a candle, by gazing out a window or relaxing outside. A guide for this contemplative worship experience, including prayers, scriptures, and song lyrics, is available in PDF format at www.chapelwood.org. You can visit that same website to learn more about the Center for Christian Spirituality. The Center provides resources for people who seek a deepening relationship with God in a way that transforms their relationship with God, others, self, and the world. We are grateful you're sharing the journey with us today.
I invite you to join me as we um, speak these words of the the morning psalm together, um, interspersed with a sung response. To you, O Lord, I lift up my soul, O heart within my heart. In you I place my trust. Eternal listener, give heed to your people. You who are our guide and our light, you who dwell amidst the angels, shine forth into the heart of all nations. Enliven your people with compassion that peace and justice might flourish. To know your ways, O love, instruct me upon your paths. Lead me in your truth and teach me, for through you will I know wholeness. I shall reflect your light both day and night. Gentle teacher, help us to turn to you in prayer, fasting from our negative thoughts. In your steadfast love, you weep with our tears, tears that rise from fear, doubt, and illusion. You uphold us when we feel the sting of pride, when our anxiety threatens to paralyze us. Restore us, O Holy One, let your face shine on us. Teach us to love. You are gracious and just, O Spirit of truth, happy to guide those who miss their way. You enjoy teaching all who are open, all who choose to live in truth. Your paths are loving and sure, O Holy One, and those who give witness to you through their lives are blessed beyond measure. 
May those who have borne the fruit of love radiate your spirit into the world. May we always walk and co-create with you. Receive the gratitude of our hearts as we share in the great plan. Restore us, O Holy One. Let your face shine on us. Teach us to love. Restore us, O Holy One. Let your face shine on us. Teach us to love. Restore us, O Holy One. Let your face shine on us. Teach us to love. Immediately coming out of the synagogue, they entered into the, ta- into the house of Simon and Andrew with James and John. The mother-in-law of Simon was laying down on fire with fever. And immediately they told him about her. Jesus came near and raised her up, taking her by the hand. Then the fever immediately released her. And then she began ministering to them. At evening, when the sun had set, they brought to him all who were diseased and who were under the power of a demon The whole city was gathered together at the threshold. Jesus was healing many who were diseased with various infirmities, and he cast out many demons. He did not release the demons to speak because they perceived him. This is one of the healing stories of Jesus. And... One of the things that we do in our godly play ministry that takes place with our children during this same hour, just across the hallway, one of the questions that is frequently asked at the end of a story is, where are you in this story? Where are you in this story? As a kid, I would often, when I would read a story or one be told to me, I would jump into the story. I think that's a natural thing for children. And I would attach myself to a character with whom I felt like I identified or at least the one that I wanted to emulate. Generally, it was the person who was, you know, good and kind or heroic. In this story... I find myself as one who is in need of healing. That's where I see myself in this story. And interesting, the maladies that are named here are, first, the mother-in-law of Simon was laying down on fire with fever. Literally, she was consumed She was being consumed. She was burning up. Okay. And then we have 
people who were under the power of demons. They were possessed. They went passive to another force. Yeah. I don't know about you, but I find myself in that. I find myself burned up, consumed by something else that just burns me up and makes me decay. I don't know about you, but I find myself going passive to other things, other forces. I find myself possessed by something else. Now then the next question is what are those things? What is burning me up? What is possessing me? Let's take a few moments um, to sit with those questions. What is preventing us from being whole? to 
Immediately coming out of the synagogue, they entered into the house of Simon and Andrew with James and John. The mother-in-law of Simon was laying down on fire with fever. And immediately they told him about her. Jesus came near and raised her up, taking her by the hand. Then the fever immediately released her. And then she began ministering to them. At evening, when the sun had set, they brought to him all who were diseased and who were under the power of a demon. The whole city was gathered together at the threshold. Jesus was healing many who were diseased with various infirmities, and he cast out demons. He did not release the demons to speak because they perceived him. For the Son of Man or the child of humanity, did not come to be ministered to, but to minister and to give his life as a ransom for many. When we first took a look at this gospel passage and our time of preparing for it, um, one thing that struck us was how um, right after her experience of being healed, Simon's mother-in-law got up and started serving, um, started maybe cooking or cleaning or whatever. And so at first we kind of had this, a little bit of a reaction to this passage. 
and seemed like, what? She's like falling into some kind of gender stereotype, um, which, you know, we kind of sat with that for a little while. And, um, but one thing that really is interesting about this passage and might point us in a different direction is the word that's used here for what she does after she experiences this release, this, this healing, this being made whole, is that it's the same word that Jesus uses about his own identity and what he's here for. Um, in Mark 10, Jesus says that the son of man, uh, or the child of the true human, um, has come not simply to be ministered to, but to minister. And so in this verse, we begin to see it's not simply that Simon's mother-in-law was, now that she was made whole um, and healed, she was able to do all this work for other people. But I think it's an indication of what does it mean to be truly human? What does it mean to be truly human? The omega point or the end goal of the human is not simply to be made whole, but it's to be a whole maker. The end goal for you and I is not simply to be made whole, good, great as that might be, but our destiny, our calling, our vocation is to be a minister. Not an ordained minister like one, one of us, but to be one who is about the, the ministry of whole making. This word that Jesus uses for, I think for himself, this, this title, Son of Man, um, literally means the son of the anthropos. The son of the true human. If you were with us last week, we did a little bit of a deep dive into that word, anthropos. Um, and we talked about how we, um, Jesus calls us to be fishers of humans, right? And that doesn't simply mean to go out and, and um, you know, catch people for the Lord, um, so to speak. But it, it might mean we need to go in and become more attuned to the true human within us so that we can be about this ministry of whole making, of g- gathering other folks in. And so this title that Jesus uses, and that you also often see he's really hesitant for other people to use about him in the Gospels because we're so susceptible to not getting it and what it really means. And I think one thing that it means is it's not simply a title for Jesus, but it's about our own calling and vocation, that we are meant to be children of the true human. And what does that mean? It means to be a participant in God's work of whole making. And Jesus was the ultimate emergence and embodiment of what that looks like in a wholly integrated person who knows his or her identity to be a whole maker. 
And so when we're invited by Jesus to follow him, it's to follow him in the ministry of homemaking, to be able to be attuned to the places that there are division, or there's separation, there's disease, um, there is evidence that people are under some kind of oppressive power that dehumanizes them. And to come into those places, and like Jesus did, he was attentive to what was going on around him. It says he, he came in and immediately they were telling him about Simon's mother-in-law. So he was attentive, and then he actually goes in and confronts and faces that situation and raises her up. And interestingly, that's the same word for resurrection. He raises her up. He, he lifts her to a higher place. And I think that has to start with us. Um, that has to start with we have to raise ourselves in some way. We have to raise our own consciousness, our, our own energy, our own vibration, you might say, in the places that we go so that we can be agents of, of whole making, so that we have the opportunity to step into places um, where people can experience some kind of shift and some kind of um, healing. Um, that word healing, even, uh, literally, it really means to serve. Uh, it means to be an attendant. So a healer is simply one who is and knows that their vocation is service. And it's in service to the whole. Um, so as you sit with this passage and as you go into this week, I invite you to consider Christ summoning you to follow him. But how specifically this week are you invited to follow him in this ministry of homemaking? Um, how, maybe what people in your life already um, are you being invited to be attentive to where they're at and to start with yourself to raise your own consciousness, your own vibration, you could say, frequency, um, and be attuned to what's the greater good in this situation. What will serve wholeness? Jesus' ministry is all about wholeness, whole-making. And if we are going to be Christians, that means not simply trying to be as whole as we can for ourselves, but how can we be whole makers? So this week, what, what's the invitation for you? Um, how can you intentionally be um, a whole maker in following the whole maker?
Christ to uphold me. 
God's eye be within me, God's foot be before me, God's spirit be round me to shield and restore me, God's freedom to choose me, God's justice to fuse me, God's purpose to liberate and transform and use me. God's eye be within me, God's foot be before me, God's spirit be round me to shield and restore me, God's freedom to choose me, God's justice to fuse me, God's purpose to liberate and transform and use me. Jesus knew that the way to wholeness was through the breaking. The breaking came first. And then the wholeness. Just like you got to go down to go up, right? First we die and then we rise. This is the way of things. And every time we come to this table, we remember that. We remember that that is the way of Christ. And so he took the bread, and in his, his greatest teaching, he put it before the disciples. And he raised it up, and he gave thanks to God, his Father and our Father. And he broke it and said, this is my body, which is broken for you. Take it. Eat it. And every time you do, Remember me. And then in the same way, he took the cup and he poured it because he knew you got to pour out to be filled up. You got to pour out. 
And he gave it to his disciples after giving thanks. And he said, this is the cup of the new covenant of my blood, which is poured out for you and for many. Take, drink, and every time you do, remember me. And it is in that remembrance, that remembering that we are put back together in wholeness. But not for the sake of our own selves, but for the healing of the world. Let us pray. Oh God, pour out your spirit upon these gifts of bread and cup. May they be for us the body and the life force of Jesus Christ our Lord. That way we follow in his example and be a healing presence in the world. That we too might be whole makers. In the name of the one we pray. Amen. We invite everyone, anyone, to partake of this feast, to come forward on one of the two, to one of the two communion stations. When you come, place your hands like this in a cup-like position, and the server will put some bread in the palm of your hand. There will be a little cup of juice on the pedestal that you can take. And you're welcome to take it right then and there or move to the side or come to the communion rails or go back to your pew, whatever feels right for you. The candle banks are open for your prayers. And if you need a gluten-free option, um, please come to the organ side and the server will help you with that there. So these are the gifts of God for the people of God. Would you come?
It's been so good to be together today. We appreciate each of you for bringing your presence to this space today. Um, <clears throat> immediately following this time, um, there is an extended period of uh, centering prayer that Mary Jo is going to lead today um, down here in the organ side. So if you need just a little bit more um, time of centering, we invite you to come to that, to that sacred space. Then at 10 o'clock over in the Anchor House, we have worship response time, and we sit in a circle, we drink coffee, and we listen to each other and ask questions and reflect on the themes of worship today. So if you're interested in extending the conversation, we invite you to the Anchor House at 10. The book for the June summer uh, book that we're reading together is out on the table if you want to take a glance at it. It's Fire of the North, The Life of St. Cuthbert, um, which we have a group going to England this uh, October, and um, we are all kind of a part of that. And so um, St. Cuthbert is someone that they're going to learn about, and so that's one of the books that we're going to read this, this June. So take a look at it. and um, So linger in this space as you need um, to let the good word, the benediction, rise from within. And once you have that and you know it, hold it in your heart, hold it in your hand, and then you are invited to leave. 